This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart talking to Oanda, senior market analyst from across the world. Let's join Ed Moyer, who's in New York. Good afternoon, Ed. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Very well. And let's get to it with the latest from the Federal Reserve. Yesterday's hawkish comments from the Fed have had their effect. Very much so. It looks like the the bond bears are back. There has been a major reset on Wall Street as far as how high will the Fed take rates. Um, It seems that after robust retail sales data, hotter than expected CPI and PPI, and you know, just still, you know, very low jobless claims despite all the layoff announcements we're hearing from big investment banks, from tech. Um, we still have a very strong economy that is likely to keep inflationary pressures going, and this is really raising, you know, it's ringing a lot of alarms. The Fed is getting concerned here; they're not seeing what they need to see with inflation, and you're getting a lot. Uh, you know, a, a very united, uh, hawkish pushback from the Fed. Uh, yesterday, Bullard, uh, Fed's Bullard, he said him, he, that he advocated for a half point rate increase at the last meeting. Um, you also had, a, you know, a, a similar stance by Fed's Mester as well. Um, she uh, <clears throat> was uh, also suggesting uh, that she, she was uh, kind of uh, considering that and that, you know, noting that the Fed will make decisions on hike size meeting by meeting. So this belief that we're on cruise control, quarter point rate increases, and then a hold, and and then we'll see what happens. Uh, that's not necessarily how the Fed's looking at this. So I think uh, you know you you start you're starting to have some people anticipate we could very much see a, a much more aggressive Fed, uh, and and you know the the you know the possibility that they go 50. Um, in, in March is is probably growing. Um, you know, at, at first it seemed it was going to be just 25. Uh, and now you have investors thinking uh, they're going to go in March. They're going to, the market's already fully pricing in uh, 50 basis points in total for, for March and May. Uh, some um, analysts are also calling for June. So it, it seems like that's pretty much um, in place. And, and now what's more important, though, is that those rate cut bets, those are getting pushed into next year, which shows you that the market is starting to believe uh, the Fed's going to have to keep these rates higher for longer because inflation's not coming down. Uh, and and, and uh, even this morning, um, we're, we're hearing from Fed's Bowman just reiterating inflation is still too much high. And uh, I, I think that uh, it's no surprise Michelle Bowman is saying that they need to continue with rate hikes until they see further progress. And there's a good chance that we're not going to get progress at that next CPI report. And that's going to really, I think, um, make that March meeting a, a, a big debate, whether they go 25 or 50. Uh, but I think, you know, regardless of what they do, um, you know, that won't be the end of their tightening cycle. So uh, it, it seems that this belief that we're going to get more rate hikes from the Fed is really kind of uh, shaking up uh, risk appetite here. And, and you know, we, we have the bond market that is, it, you know, now, now that sell-off's intensifying. And when you take a look at what's happening with uh, yields, uh, you know, the, the, you know the, the short end of the curve, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're seeing that really uh, shoot up higher. Um, you know, the two-year yield um, is, is now at 
for spot 65. So I think you're going to probably see that this market is, you know, going to keep on pushing uh, uh, the short end of the curve higher. And, and this is this is what's going to be interesting. Now you have a lot of traders, and this is the I think the key takeaway. Um, a lot of people were not nimble at the start of the year. They were expecting that big sell-off. They were expecting that, you know, this is where we start to see, you know, the risk of retests in the October lows. Um, market was extremely bearish. Uh, and, and now, if you take a look at, you know, the S&P 500, it's, you know, with this week's weakness, it's only up 5% year-to-date. Uh, NASDAQ's up um, almost 12%. So a lot of investors that miss that rally, they have to... They have to decide, you know, do they go in now in hopes that um, you're going to still finish the year much higher? Or do you go into fixed income where if you're getting a six month bill, you know, you're, you're getting, you know, you're getting yield now. And, you know, there's, a, there's probably a lot of people that would argue that you could outperform holding the six-month bill versus uh, just getting into the stock market right now. So the bond market is getting very attractive for some people. And uh, that's, I think, uh, why we're, we're seeing um, significant volatility here in, in equities and stocks. And, and also, too, um, you know, that, that weaker dollar trade is uh, it's um, definitely um, – taking a pause and it looks like uh, the markets are repricing in um, um, much more tightening, which is uh, supportive for the dollar. And then also you have uh, risk aversion. It's, you know, everything is, is for, for this Friday um, right now, everything is getting sold, whether it's uh, stocks, commodities, oil, gold, uh, natural gas, platinum, everything is lower crypto too. So you're, you're seeing um, a major, uh, wave of selling here and I, th I think that uh you know investors they're they're gonna wait and see exactly what happens with inflation but it seems that um calls for the peak rate um are getting revised right now and, and they're getting revised much higher and you mentioned oil looking at the numbers at the moment wti over three and three quarter percent down brent down about three and a half percent I mean, this is a confusing picture, really, isn't it? Because on the one hand, the Fed is being more hawkish than many had predicted a month ago. On the other, there are fears about the global economy and hence the fall in oil and other commodities. Yes, uh, I think what's also, you know, I think a lot of traders, they're keeping a close eye on is stockpiles. They've been rising now. Um, there was a bit, you know, this this week's EIA crude oil inventory report you know, showed a, a huge jump of 16.3 million barrels, uh, um, taking it to the highest level since June of 2021. So that that <laughs> um, that some of that is being attributed to an adjustment factor, um, which rose the most on record. So uh, it, it it's a little misleading that 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 massive uh, build, but um, you, you're you're seeing uh, demand weak. Uh, so the the implied demand across everything, um, distillates, uh, crude oil and gasoline, much softer. Um, exports have been uh, um, improved. I mean, they were depressed. They they rebounded this past week. But when you take a look at the supply picture, it's not looking that good. Yes, Russia provided some cuts, but we're we're, we're starting to see um, this this wave of much more tightening um, globally. Um, you know, the you know, I think one of the, the 
the key stories of today. And, you know, <laughs> there's only so many topics we can cover, but uh, traders are now fully pricing in a, a three and three quarter peak rate for the ECB for the first time. This is, this is a, a market that is seeing policy get much more restrictive and that's really going to eat at growth. And, and I think that now, um, you know, those crude demand outlooks are, 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 they got a big question mark right now. You know, China's recovery has not really taken off. Uh, you're starting to see weaker outlooks for Europe and the U.S. And uh, I, I think for, for a lot of people, uh, they were there was this belief that, you know, you're going to have OPEC plus easily defend, you know, oil at $80 a barrel. Uh, now it looks like they're going to have to really stomach prices possibly going as low as 65, possibly 70. So it looks like there's a, there's a going to be, I think expectations that oil will rebound later this year, but I think of the short term, we're going to see, you know, extreme price wings. And uh, I think that this is a, uh, this is a, a market that uh, you're you're probably gonna <laughs> want to make sure that uh, you, you you stay on top of you know these critical levels because uh, seventy two dollars for WTI is going to be I think you know a key potentially a key uh, uh, catalyst here for momentum traders. Um, you, you know I think there's there was so much um, I think priced in that you're going to have the U.S. start to buy. Uh, or refill the SPR. And now you're seeing that for budgetary reasons, they're still looking to tap it. It's like we're not we're not getting um, consistent messaging from uh, you know the, the the U.S. government as far as where uh, their their stance is. Production has elevated. It seems to be uh, maxed out. So uh, I mean, the economy is going to weaken. That's that's clearly in place. Um, the data is not saying it yet. Uh, so it's 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 really kind of uh, you know with oil traders they they are you know very much forward looking um, so we'll we'll see what happens but I think you know this crude consumption is 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 going to improve this year that is there's strong optimism for that um, but like this this period you know the rest of the first quarter and second quarter that's the big question mark so um, you know I think oil is is vulnerable to um, overextend lower but um, I think it'll still you know for you know, the rest of the year, prices, you know, in theory, should still um, finish much higher. Let's switch topics a bit and talk about cryptocurrency. And, uh, well, this week, the Securities and Exchange Commission proposed tougher rules on safeguarding assets such as uh, crypto. It would seem it wants investment advisors to use a custodian to protect assets. This isn't much of a surprise, is it? It's not a surprise because it seemed the easiest path for regulation is just take what we do for stocks and just apply it to crypto. The problem is that depending on what you deem as uh, a security, and in some cases, uh, um, you might make it too restrictive um, for um, some parts of the cryptoverse to function. So uh, I, I think that and there was fears that possibly if the SEC's crackdown uh, brings down USD coin and, and, and circle that you were going to see uh, that be um, a, a big, a big red flag. They, you know, like there's, there's a, there needs, you know, for, you know, a retest of um, 
you know the the recent lows, you, you needed a major um, bearish crypto driver, and and for some, it's the collapse of a key stable coin. Um, and and there was this fear that uh oh, Circle could be in danger. Um, there's been some pushback on that. Um, there's been some poor reporting where um, it was. People were thinking that uh, they were getting investigated. It seems that's not the case. Um, you know, obviously, uh, this space is, you know, every every major coin, every major company and exchange is going to go through uh, this gauntlet of regulatory hurdles. Uh, there's going to be exploratory uh, periods where, you know, the, you know, I think you're, you're probably going to see some unity as far as uh, pushing back, as far as how restrictive um, um, the SEC and CFTC um, will make these rules. But um, it, 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 it doesn't seem that it's going to be, um, you know, as 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 uh, destructive as as uh, a lot of those crypto bears are, are touting. Um, so when you you consider all the risk that was discussed, and um, you know, I mean, like it seemed like you know it was Binance, it was Circle, it was uh, you know the list goes on and on of companies that were kind of um, getting um, the, the regulatory spotlight um, or fears that you know, someone was going to be next. Um, and Bitcoin is still, you know, it's at 24,000. That's, that's an impressive level. Um, you know, and even uh, earlier in the week, it did test 25. Um, and considering uh, the risk-off uh, mood uh, on Wall Street, it's performing pretty well. I mean, um, year-to-date, and uh, we're, we're only uh, in the middle of February. Uh, Bitcoin's up 45%, Ethereum 39%, Solana 130%. Um, you know, clearly outperforming everything. Um, as far as traders go, if you're looking for opportunities, you know, like Nat Gas is down, what, 45%. Uh, um, NASDAQ's up around 12 So, I mean, you're getting you're getting a lot more volatility um, once again in crypto and we'll see, um, you know, it, it seems like we're getting the volatility, but you know, <laughs> we're still somewhat in a range. Um, so, so I think that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait to see what happens over, you know, these next few weeks because there's been uh, uh, a lot of shorts that had to abandon their position. And it's a lot of people are thinking that that's why we extended higher because those shorts got closed out. So, um, you know, crypto is going to be a fascinating trade. Um, you know, uh, the, I think a lot of people are surprised that we're this high given the current market environment. And, uh, you know, it, it trades very technically in the sense that sometimes you, you have, um, you know, those hedge funds, they don't care where the market goes, but you know, if, if we have a breakout, um, they don't mind uh, taking either side. So um, if, if it pushes higher, you know, I think, you know, you're, you're looking at major resistance at 30,000, but um, it's, it's, it's fascinating that we're only, you know, 6,000 um, away from that. So I, I think that uh, we're, 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 we're probably going to see, uh, you know, more volatility, but it's, it's very supportive that um, given the past couple weeks, of regulation headlines that crypto has held up this well. Let's look ahead to the next week or so and uh, what stands out for you over the next period? 
we have a, a lot of focus with um, world leaders, uh, central bank speeches, um, lots of uh, key officials are traveling. Um, I think we have the uh, 59th uh, Munich Security Conference uh, over, over the weekend. Um, Secretary of State Blinken is uh, going to start his European trip where he visits Turkey, Germany, and Greece. Um, when the, the markets kick off on Monday, uh, we do have a holiday. U.S. markets are closed for President's Day. Um, we also have the uh, China loan prime rates. Uh, because the key rate was kept you know, steady, um, no, no changes are expected there. Um, but we sometimes get commentary and I think, you know, there's still expectations that China's going to ease very soon. Um, we also have, you know, consumer confidence data for the Eurozone. Um, President Biden will visit Poland uh, on Monday. We hear from BOE's Woods, Sweden's Riksbank releases their minutes on Monday. So busy, busy Monday. <laughs> uh, CPI for Sweden as well. Uh, Tuesday, we, we, we have uh, existing home sales. Home sales, you know, the housing recession, we've been talking about that for months and months, supposed to rebound a little bit. Uh, we also get the flash PMIs on Tuesday, so that's always a, um, an important one uh, for the U.S. and the Eurozone uh, and also the U.K. And also what you're going to see, uh, President Putin will deliver his uh, first State of the Union address since the war in Ukraine. This is going to be closely watched. Um, it's Right now, it's expected to happen. Um, RBA will release their minutes from its February policy meeting. Um, Wednesday, we get a rate decision. We have uh, the New Zealand Central Bank, RBNZ, is going to uh, most likely raise rates by 50 basis points. Um, some are considering that they might want to go a little bit more aggressive, maybe uh, take the rate to 5% with a 75 basis point increase. I'm thinking only a quarter. So uh, definitely a live meeting. Um, and uh, I think you, you also have uh, ECB Governing Council will meet in a non-monetary policy meeting as well. So very uh, important to uh, um, pay close attention to those comments. Um, I think there's a, a, a lot of uh, um, focus will go on to the G20 as well. On, on Thursday, they're going to have... Uh, their finance ministers and central bank governors meet in India. Uh, Turkey has a rate decision. They're expected to cut rates uh, by um, a full percentage point. Uh, and then uh, for me, one of you know the one of the events that I'll be paying close attention to is uh, we get to hear from BOJ governor nominee uh, Ueda. Uh, he'll be um, you know testifying to Japan's lower house. So. We really shouldn't get any clear signals on what he'll do for monetary policy, but it will be good to get um, to hear um, his, you know, the grilling that he'll go through and, and exactly where he stands. Because um, obviously he'll have to touch upon um, what, you know, what his uh, tendencies will be. So we'll, we'll definitely, um, I think um, cover that one next week. So a lot, a lot to uh, cover, and um, and also to we, you know, we will have that one-year mark of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This is uh, a war that uh, has has gone uh, a lot longer than um, anyone has hoped for, and uh, we'll definitely uh, see exactly um, what um, the markets um, have uh, in store for us. Ed, thank you very much for joining us today. Have a great weekend, and we'll speak to you next week. Thank you. 
Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.